Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to At Least We're Trying, the self-help and advice podcast helping you on your personal journey of understanding yourself and navigating through the various aspects of life, all while telling some fun stories and cracking some jokes that at least I find funny. I am your host, Mackenzie Smith. Hi there. I'm just dropping in before the episode officially starts to address a question I've been asked. Recently, a few people have asked me, Mackenzie, what makes you qualify to host a self-help podcast at 19? My answer is, I have a lot of lived experience in observing the world on myself. I have been studying social science, i.e. psychology, sociology, anthropology, and gender and women's studies, to name a few, for pretty much my whole life. And I've committed myself to collecting data and doing research on religion, politics, history, business, biology, and social science, all to ensure that you receive facts and advice from recent, credible sources. I am always bettering myself and this podcast, even though I'm only two episodes in, to make sure there is as little misinformation as possible. If I don't know something, I do my best to find, learn, and transfer the correct info to you all. Because the spread of, mis- of misinformation is literally making my brain melt. And my age does not determine my intelligence and capabilities. Greta Thunberg has been studying environmental, sci- environmental science and studies and ecolo- ecological deconstruction. Oh my gosh, I need to learn how to speak. <laughs> she has been learning these topics since she was 10 and she just turned 18 and is one of the most knowledgeable advocates on the subject in the world, despite having just become an adult. Yes, a higher age equals more experience and subsequently more knowledge and understanding, but not everyone learns the same amount of info within the same time frame. I knew someone in high school who became fluent in English within three months. Meanwhile, I'm still not even close to being fluent in Spanish, despite studying it for like nine years. And when it comes to this podcast, I promise that I will constantly be updating information and correcting myself if I discover I got something wrong, as well as remain transparent and ensure that this podcast would be for you and your benefit rather than for me. Yes, it's super fun and makes me happy, and that's what drew me to creating it in the first place. But I want to give you the tools and information that you want and need, rather than just ignoring you to focus on solely what I want and feeding my ego. Egos shall not be fed on this podcast. Unless you're a guest, then I might accidentally compliment you every two minutes. I don't know why I do that. I just compliment people a lot. Why am I qualified is one of my favorite questions to be asked, because A, it's 100% valid and necessary, and B, I use it as an incentive to work even harder and smarter, to give you all the best and most helpful information that I can, and it helps me hold myself to the standard of being of service to others. And I think my excitement for this is also a good reason why I'm qualified. I'm always going to be pushing myself to be the best I can for you and myself. The past few years, I've wanted to become a teacher, but... I hated the idea of being stuck in a classroom and teaching the same subject for years. I thought about being a creative writing professor, then a fifth grade math teacher, and then I thought about being a middle or high school psychology teacher. Until finally, in November last year, I had a kind of aha moment while listening to another podcast and realized that this was the best option for me. 
I can connect with others. I can talk in lecture for half an hour or so. I can learn more about the world. I love learning. Quote me on it. It's awesome. I can focus on different subjects each week when researching. I can go back to a topic I was fascinated with back in high school. I can discover new possibilities for my life along with you. My favorite part about educational environments is that it is much easier to learn more about everything, whether you're the student or the teacher. So I'm doing both. And also, if I mess up while speaking and my words blur together, well, that's just a side effect of being human. Can't really do much about that. We're all flawed in one way or another. Ah, growing up. The thing that has made the past four years excruciatingly painful and delightful for me. It took me from having my head far above the clouds and being blissfully ignorant to crashing down without a functioning parachute into the real world. Welcome to adulthood. No free trial or refunds allowed. What does it even mean to be an adult? Are we just tall children who have to pay taxes and drink coffee? It kind of feels like that, not gonna lie. I did just get Disney Plus this week after a year of saying, no, they're not taking my money. Well, they got my money and they got me rewatching all of Hannah Montana. I feel so much like a child, not gonna lie. So by my family standards and the standards of the country I grew up in, I'm an adult. I'm over 18. I can vote. I can go to college and pay taxes. But I don't always feel like an adult. I still live with my parents, which I am very thankful for. And yes, I'm going to school and paying taxes and voting, but I still feel like a kid. I've felt this way for a few years now, and all of the expectations I was told to live up to by all of the external influences made me really feel like I was being lazy, that I wasn't being productive, and I wasn't successful because... I didn't have a respectable or consistent job. I never had a committed relationship with someone I was preparing to marry. I've never lived on my own. I haven't invested in the stock market and I haven't set up my life to be what I thought it should have been the minute I turned 18. Now, I'm honestly just accepting of the fact that I might never feel like an adult by society's standards. But I feel like an adult now that I've set up my own standards. Apparently, we can think for ourselves, wowza, what a concept. To a lot of people in the world, the stages of becoming an adult include graduating from a four-year college, getting a full-time job, getting married, and living on your own. It's a very 1950s USA idea. And because of the changes within the economy and how we've progressed as a whole world, that idea has become outdated and unrealistic. Yet, it's still pushed on us by our surrounding influences, either explicitly or implicitly. A few years ago, I began looking up some of the different indicators of being a mature adult, because I was an unsure college freshman and I wanted validation and guidance. And I fell down a rabbit hole that led me to lists upon lists of indicators that you're becoming an adult that were more attainable and realistic for a wider range of people rather than the, oh, get a $100,000 education and a 9-to-5 job by age 24. 
Because these indicators, they focused on the psychological and emotional characteristics of a person. But before we get into all that, I want to first list a few of the realities teens, young adults, and adults face currently, specifically within the 25 to 29 age group. 85 to 90% graduated from public high school, 49% received associate's degrees or higher, 39 received bachelor's degrees or higher, and 9% received master's degrees or higher. The average university costs $23,000 a year, and 1 million college students drop out a year. 70% say it's because of money. Roughly 50% of high school graduates without a college education go straight into the workforce, and nearly 500,000 high school students drop out each year. I do just want to say that overall, there's a 7.75% increase of people receiving degrees in 2019 than in 2000, and an average of 6% of women receive more education than men. I am proud of us. I am proud of all of you. In the wise words of Shania Twain, let's go, girls. Now, I was also looking at employment rates within the young adult category, and it seemed to be on a steady rise up until the pandemic began, with 56% of young adults not being in, not in school being employed in 2019. The average household, household income is $68,000. 10.5% of the U.S. population live on or below the poverty line, which equates to 34 million people. The average American gets married for the first time between the ages of 25 and 30, first kid by 30, first house by 32, and the average 35-year-old has over $130,000 of debt. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Just kidding. I'm already doing it. And all of this information was gathered from the U.S. National Center of Education Statistics, the Bureau of Statistics, U.S. Census, Business Insider, and Forbes Magazine. Yeah. I did my research, three days worth, haven't slept a wink. And race, ethnicity, and socioeconomic status and location affect all of these outcomes. And because of this, millions of people are better able to accomplish these goals, and millions of others are unable to. So it's unfair for the standard of adulthood to be dependent on them. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Different people need different things and accomplish different things. So don't beat yourself up for not meeting somebody else's standards and don't pressure others to meet all of yours. Talking to you, boomers. We just need to come up with our own personal definitions of adulthood that we can strive for and live by. If you've already done that, good for you. I hope it's making you happy. If you haven't, and you want some ideas, then listen up, buttercups, because I'm about to learn you a thing or two. When do we start to feel like an adult? We all know we can't fit perfectly into any of the existing molds, so how do we know we're not still an immature child? How can we be certain we're on the right track? Well, lucky for you, I used up my last sweet, sweet moments of freedom before the semester started to do some digging. And I found this online psychology resource platform and blog called Nobra Project. They addressed a few of the indicators of a person becoming an adult or still not having fully transitioned into what their personal definition of an adult is. The five are identity exploration, instability, focus of self, 
feeling in between, and recognizing possibilities. These are all listed in order of which they supposedly occur, but personally, I think it's much more likely for people to jump around and go back and forth among them. I'm trying to figure out which stage I'd be at, and my first guess would probably be recognizing possibilities. But last week, I was at identity exploration, and the week before, I was focusing on myself. And I generally just always feel like I'm in the in-between. It's honestly a game of hopscotch. We're jumping all over the place. I've tried in the past following a set path of where to take my life, but I somehow always end up off and doing something else completely different. Was I planning on getting my master's in personality and forensic psychology at 5am this morning? And did I decide to abandon that idea two minutes later because I realized I wouldn't use that degree? Yes. Yes. Wait, hold up. Okay, maybe I will master in forensic psychology. I want to be better able to identify potential serial killers. I, th- I think that'd be a fun game I could play while waiting for my drink at Starbucks. Oh my god, I'm turning into my mother. Okay, you know what? I'll, um, I'll unpack that later. But basically, if you're exploring your identity, feel as if you're not who you used to be, but you're not yet who you're gonna be, or seeing all the different avenues you could take in life, then you're officially on your way to becoming an adult. For me personally, given everything I've experienced in the last five years and learned in my three-hour psychology lectures, officially becoming an adult is highly dependent on your mental and emotional responses to everyday situations. Open-mindedness, respect, self-control, independence and self-sufficiency, accountability and responsibility, self-awareness, and continuously working on self-improvement. All of that stuff is super important in determining if you're an official, title-holding adult who's emotionally mature, or if you're someone who still has some work to do. I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm near an airport and there is a giant, very loud plane flying above. Anyways, all of these attributes coincidentally align with being a self-actualizing person which is essentially someone who is working towards reaching their highest potential or has reached their highest potential. American psychologist Abraham Maslow created this theory of self-actualization not to determine a person's life, but to give them more of an incentive and more passion to become better and better. Honestly, I think it's impossible to reach your fullest potential because there's always going to be some aspect of ourselves that we can improve on or something we can add to our personal libraries of knowledge and experiences. We never truly peak at any point in our lives, and then it's all downhill from there. No, not at all. There will always be more success for us to achieve. We are never fixed. Adulthood is like a never-ending museum. There are limitless levels, each with their own collection of rooms to explore. All of the attributes mentioned before can be found under emotional maturity because they allow you to be more, be a more self-assured person who's considerate of others. Other, ultimately, you become a well-balanced person who's somewhere in the middle on the people-pleaser versus to-hell-with-you-all spectrum. At least that's what my favorite psych professor called it. Psych2Go, a website and YouTube channel dedicated to educating others on human psychology and its impact on everyday life, really helped me understand maturity and adulthood a bit more. So... Now I'm conveying their intel to you. 
Open-mindedness is the understanding that you don't know everything. And it allows you to be more receptive and accepting of new or uncomfortable information or actions from others. You're better able to view yourself from various perspectives and witness the ways you may need or want to improve yourself, while also discovering the new things in life such as jobs, places to live, and friends. When you're open-minded, you don't push your opinion onto other people or make them feel bad just because they're thinking and acting different than you. Respect for others and yourself. You need to be able to respect yourself, or you need to be able to stand up for yourself, but you shouldn't do it at the expense of others. By honoring others while also honoring yourself, you can better listen to and collaborate with people to ensure that everyone is treated fairly and achieves at least part of their goals. We've all heard of working with others to reach a compromise. I personally prefer the term collaboration as it feels less like everybody loses something. And it is really important because no single person could or should get everything while everyone else gets nothing. Respect others by showing compassion and remembering that they are more than their labels and their relation to you. And respect yourself by knowing that you are more than your labels and how other people see you. If you struggle with doing that now, keep telling yourself those last two sentences and you'll be able to fully internalize them eventually. Delaying immediate satisfaction and having self-control. This basically translates to being the parent of your inner child. You have to remind yourself that, although it'd feel great to yell at Kathy in the cubicle next to you for something rude, or for saying something rude, you should take a time out to calm yourself so that your boss doesn't see your outburst and fire you. And unfortunately, you also shouldn't have cookies for breakfast every day for a week. So make sure you make some overnight oatmeal or healthy sandwich the night before that you can eat in the morning if you don't have time to cook something. That way, you have longer lasting energy and less health problems later in life. If you can see the bigger picture and understand that by denying yourself immediate satisfaction, you can eventually accomplish something bigger and more satisfying, you're definitely a mature adult. Emotional and financial independence and self-sufficiency. Mature people are better able to regulate their emotions in healthy ways without always relying on other people. Sometimes we do need a shoulder to cry on and for someone to call us out when we're angry. But we shouldn't develop codependent relationships with others that result in us not being able to control our own emotions or even feel our own emotions. If we absorb all of everyone else's feelings or let ourselves spiral out of control, then that becomes a problem and a potential danger. If you're in need of or want affordable mental health care, you can check out the websites betterhelp.com and sevencups.com or look into free or cheap health care provided by your workplace, school, or insurance agencies. With financial independence, I mostly mean avoiding mooching off of others and taking advantage of them. If you have the ability to make your make and use your own money, but you choose to use up other people's resources and ride their coattails to success, that's very disrespectful. And it means that you're not willing to take responsibility for yourself and accomplish your own goals. You have to be self-sufficient in some areas of life and accomplish things by yourself from time to time. Whether that be looking after yourself, reminding yourself of the things on your to-do list, or cleaning up the dishes after you cook something. If you're able to, do the things you need to do. Everybody else can't and won't always do them for you. 
Responsibility focuses on the ability to hold yourself accountable for your words and actions, just as others do, whether you realize it or not. It's important to own up to the things you do or plan to do and see it through. If you claim you had nothing to do with a situation and someone finds out that you lied, that will negatively affect your relationship with them and potentially others. And if you give up on something halfway, others and yourself will lose trust in you. Responsibility and accountability are crucial when it comes to building trust and confidence in relationships of any and all kinds. Finally, self-awareness and continuously working on self-improvement. Having a good idea as to who you are and what your actions can do and pushing yourself towards improvement all brings us full circle back to open-mindedness. You have to be willing to see the bad and the not-so-great in order to have a clearer path to the good. You have to try and put an effort. All of these blend in with each other, which can be really helpful in pushing yourself towards being more capable of doing them all. If you can be a bit more open-minded, then you can be a bit more respectful to others and learn more ways of holding yourself accountable. Bam! That's three things I just mentioned. You're adulting. Woo! (laughs) Pop the confetti! If you are aware of any problems within your life that you have power over, then you can hold yourself accountable a little bit more each day so you can solve and prevent those problems. Because it's one thing to bring awareness to a problem and a whole other thing to actively work towards solving it. When I listed those qualities of emotional maturity, did you think about anyone who demonstrated the opposite behavior? Was it someone who's older than you? Someone who should be considered as a role model to others? Now, emotions are complex as we all know, and no matter how old you are, there will be times when they take the wheel and sometimes things go okay. Other times, things don't, and you're sometimes unaware of it. Believe it or not, adults of any age have tantrums. Okay, yeah, I know, it's obvious, but it came as a shock to me as to how frequently it happens. Because I thought that all tantrums were rolling around on the floor, kicking your legs and screaming like a two-year-old in a toy store. I didn't realize that the silent treatment is a type of tantrum, or that passive aggression and physical intimidation are too. Some people will try to block out others by ignoring them or dropping out of a conversation. They'll make snide remarks or jokingly, note the quotation marks, name call. They might get in your face or start doing tasks in an aggressive manner, such as angrily folding laundry. These are all forms of tantrums that adults are more likely to perform rather than kicking and screaming, more tolerable or less obvious. Sometimes some adults won't get to that level of a tantrum, but they will get obviously offended if a situation doesn't work out the way they want, and they'll be disrespectful or hypocritical. I've had a few adults in the past begin begin berating me and complaining because I asked them to leave me alone if they were making me uncomfortable, or for them to stop being a distraction during films or meetings. They were definitely not comfortable with someone, especially a 17-year-old, pointing out behaviors they wouldn't have wasted a second to call me out on had I been the one doing them. A couple of them put extra effort into trying to make me feel uncomfortable and guilty for making them feel uncomfortable and guilty for their own problematic actions. See, that's what we don't want to do, kids. Let's be mindful of when our behavior becomes immature so that we can reel ourselves back in a bit. 
Now, I want to bring attention to how some people are outliers, and they require help within achieving and maintaining the attributes of maturity, and they shouldn't be automatically labeled as immature. There are some people who are not neurotypical, or at least require assistance in some or all of these areas, unlike other people. Some are autistic, not able-bodied, have mental illnesses, or just aren't able to take care of themselves in ways many adults are expected to. But that doesn't mean that they're a kid or should be treated as, sh- as such. They just need extra help and support. And honestly, who doesn't at least a little bit? I think that as long as you're trying to do at least a few of the things on this list, even if you're struggling a lot, then you're an adult. Because at least you're trying. At least we're trying. Hey, at least we're trying. It's a podcast. If you're not listening to it now, you should definitely start. <laughs> Oof. Okay, I know. I threw a lot of information at you. That was so much psychology. But thank you for sticking in there. Hey, now you have some more pieces to add to the puzzle of your life if you'd like. You can create your own definition of adulthood. If you want to keep some tradition in your life and go to college, then get married, go for it. If you'd rather forego tradition altogether and focus on just holding yourself accountable and respecting others, I will support you. Go crazy and try out a few different combos until one sticks and reaps the most success in your life and makes you feel content. I got a question over Instagram that said, should I be scared of the future and growing up? And I wanted to take the time to answer it. No, never be afraid of growing up or the future. There are, of course, intimidating parts of life that I sometimes wish I could avoid altogether. However, when I confront whatever obstacles I'm faced with, I come out the other side having more experience and confidence in myself. I wouldn't know how to be a better friend and acquaintance had I not been called out after hurting someone's feelings. I wouldn't be as adamant on developing financial literacy had I not made some poor spending choices when I was 18. I wouldn't have been able to support people and help enact good change if I stayed inside, worrying about what might and what will happen. Fear is the biggest inhibition and obstacle that we all face, and all it does is hold us back from accomplishing our goals, from improving society and governing institutions, from helping each other stay safe and strong and doing what is right. Bad things and not-so-great things will happen, no matter how much you resist and worry. So you can either get caught in the undertow or you can swim to the surface. And when you grow up, You have more chances to make beautiful memories with loved ones and yourself. You'll get more respect from others, and you'll have more freedom to explore the world, meet new people, and who knows what else. You can have your concerns about the specifics the future holds. But you shouldn't fear it. Life is happening. The future is always one second away, and you have an opportunity that not everyone gets to enjoy. So feel your fear. Accept it, move from it, and get excited for everything that you'll experience. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode in a couple weeks. But until then, you can find me on Instagram at mfromtheburbs and DM me questions if you'd like. I wish you all the best, and I hope you have a lovely week. Mm -hmm.